Hey there, Shop of Maniacs. You're listening to another analog episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave, and with me is Chris. Hey, take it away, Chris. Hi. Lazy John, man, that's great. That, I was going to try to sing over it. You know, I don't know the words of that song, but I was going to mix them up. Uh, and um, it was going to be like, I went down to the river and I drank a <laughs> bottle of wine or something. You know, just, yeah. you know, just kind of like, but but knowing latency and, and the effects of a, a online recording product, I was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, can't be done. Can't be done. Although, gosh, was it you sent me? Somebody sent me a thing like during the pandemic that was like, we solved this basically. Um, but it required having some hardware. Oh, okay. Interesting. You had to get a box in your office. And there was um, literally geographic um, concerns, you know, yeah, like you had yeah. to be like, I could do it with somebody in Seattle here from Ben because it was close enough that they could kind of guarantee it. But across the world wasn't, wasn't happening, but you know, so you could act and if you sent them to everybody in your band, you know, they could do multiple people do a whole band thing. It's cool that tech stepped in there and, and kind of made it happen. It makes me think of that, that like the email that the 500 mile email or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've read oh, that story. I love that bug. Where somebody like at Berkeley or something or, or MIT was like, hey, I, I can send emails. It's all working it, unless I try to send it over 500 miles. And they were like, uh, excuse me, uh, <laughs> that's not it, true. But it turned out to be true because of some weird timeout or something. Uh, I can't remember the details. It's actually better to forget and then reread that story. So it's awesome next time. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, that's probably true with most stories, huh? It's it's fun to forget the ending. So you're like, oh yeah, that was that's cool, or like a big chunk of it. I don't know. Maybe that's why I watch Goonies every time. I don't know. Uh, I can quote yeah. it end to end, but I still like. Oh yeah, that part's funny. So that's good. So. Heck yeah. Well, just a normal week, just just me and you hanging out. My uh, Miranda calls it the Christopher and David show. Ooh, good. That's good. That's how, that's how she refers to Shop Talk Show. Christopher and David show has a little hip shuffle that goes with it. My wife almost knows when we record this. No, <laughs> <laughs> we change it up a little bit here and there, so she's always confused. But I, I was, she's like, uh, the kids get out at like. One, so I, uh, you know, and I was like, no, I only podcast till 12, so All good. It, it's fine. You know, I'll take the kids. It's fine. So anyway. All good. All good. Yeah, it's summer. Summer. A lot of surprise child camps. Care. We so. go back to school. So anyway, it's really hot, but um, but yeah, been, been uh, heading back to school and stuff. So like pretty exciting over here in Austin, Texas. So yeah. When you're listening to this, my children will be in school. That has no bearing on your life, but that is a huge one on my life. <laughs> <laughs> because now childcare is solved and free. So heck yeah. Yeah. Even if it's only six hours or however long kids yeah. go to school these days. But 
That's okay. Yeah, we've been loading up the camps too, doing what we can. You got to, you got to, got to survive the summer. So, uh, we got there's you know there's lots of software to talk about. God, I could talk about software forever. This is I just it's just on the mind. Not that it shouldn't always be. You but, want to talk about how Apple numbers is total trash because I could probably do a whole <laughs> hour on this thing. <laughs> Oh so. no! It, I, I unfortunately had a good experience the other day where oh, I had a, really. Well, there's a website with a table on it, right? Like a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. table element, and I and I really wanted to add up the columns in one of the columns of the table, but the the, the website didn't feature that. There's no like quick HTML way to do it. Maybe I could have written a query, a clever query selector and done a little JavaScript math or something. I'm like, why is this so hard? But I selected, you know, just from the upper left, click and hold my mouse and just copy down to the bottom right of the table. And I was just like, I bet, I bet numbers will just know what I mean when I hit paste. Oh, really? You know what I mean? And it just totally did, you know? And then I, and then it's one second to just select that row, the, you know, one cell after the end of the last row and then hit equals and then drag your mouse up the column and be like, add all those things up. And it did it just fine. So, but that is a tiny little thing. I'm not trying to actually really truly use the software, which I, I don't know what your, your pain is, but we have, so we have a, this is back to tech. We have a memory issue in Luro, like a, a, a cron job that runs Mm. in production only is timing out like or it's saying like heap allocation used or whatever and so it just crashes it so it's like a production only bug hooked up to a cron job uh and yikes <laughs> so yeah the worst kind of bug, the worst for sure. like the most hard to reproduce like still don't quite have a repro locally and stuff like that because like i'm not going to be able to max out my macbook pro you know <laughs> like like Probably can't, you know, but yeah, okay. whatever, like garbage Intel. But it has to do with files servers. somehow, you think? Yeah, like a file read. And I think it's just like reading a very giant file and falling over. So that's sort of what like we're having to deal with. But anyway, we've like gotten to the point like we're like debugging memory checkpoints to just make sure we have no leaks and stuff like that. And so uh, like we're logging out process dot memory usage, I think is what it is, or process yeah in node and like tracking all these numbers i have a table of like 1600 you know rows for this one loop right uh, or for this one pass and yeah, it's okay and i dump it into numbers right and it's actually five values you get from process memory usage the rss the heap total the heap used the uh some two other ones anyway i don't care about those other ones they're just kind of like allocation things uh so I'm looking at these values and they're all in bytes. Like, so it's like 70 million bytes, you know, and I'm just like, it'd be so cool if I could just read this in megabytes or kilobytes or whatever, something simpler than like a 12 digit number. And so what like, but Apple numbers doesn't let you format like that. You know, I feel like any software would let me, figure that out notion probably works you know like like bytes to kilobytes or like i write a little formula or something anyway it's just like it's i I guess i could get more savvy with apple or whatever and and figure it out but i just anyway it was just frustrating i was just like i bet like other software does this just fine so lets me write a custom formatter that's like megabytes i couldn't find anything there's no docs about apple numbers you know the website is literally 
a page, you know. So yeah, there, and then anything is in and the there's Apple no customer support. support form. Yeah, and there's no customer support. There's no people making TikToks about how to get the most out of Apple numbers. You know, there's nothing. So anyway, that's my gripe. Uh, it could be. I think it does get an upgrade here in the next OS version. So we'll see. We'll see if it can redeem itself. Um, so. Yeah. Isn't that funny that the bigger the software, the almost like guaranteed worse the the service is? Like you know you can't get somebody from Google on the phone. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. not happening, right? We, we, we actually, remember when they sold their domains business? That's all still kind of happening. I think they sold to Squarespace and whatever. <laughs> Did you see Matt Mullenweg was salty about? It? He's like, I should have bid on that. Which I'm like, yeah, you should have. That been better. Although people would have had the same opinion. Probably would have gone over better. Nah, I think it would have gone over better. Better, so, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but but like people were saying, well, p- part of the reason is because you kind of have to have customer support for a domain service. Like that's so important. You can't just be like, yeah, good luck with your DNS. Hope that works out for you. You know, y- there needs to be customer support of some kind, which you'd think would be true f- for your you know business email or whatever too. But just somehow isn't. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if you're having mm-hmm. trouble with your entire company's email. Too bad, I guess. You know, like uh, they probably have some semblance of customer support, but I wouldn't assume that I could talk to somebody from Google. That's right. not going to happen. Facebook right. too. I had a buddy whose Facebook account got hacked, and he's like, "Well, I'm me though, so there's surely there's some way, something. Can I send you my driver's license? Something to mm-hmm. uh, to un." And it's like, no, there's there's no process. There's no email there's no phone number there's absolutely no way i'm sure if you went and sat a chair outside of their offices they would just call the police on you or something like you're not getting your account back it's too bad that happened to my friend his account got hacked um started posting the bad porn uh the worst one and um he just was like this sucks, you know, and his account was shut down, deleted. Basically, he can't get back to it. All his friends, all his like photos and stuff like that for years is just gone. Just, just gone. Just gone. So, yeah, I don't know. It can be tricky. You know, if you wrote to us at CodePen and on a free account, it's like, what do we have to to verify you? Like you could send me your driver's license, but there's nothing I can compare the details on your driver's license against to know that that was you who originally made that account. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. If you paid, you're in forever. Well, I can absolutely do it. You can, we can check the credit card details. You know, there's there's a trail we have that leads directly to you. So you just never have that problem. Which means you should go pro on CodePen. <laughs> yeah, like, like, hey man, if you want to pay me money for Laro, I'll like personally do a SQL dump of all your stuff every night. You know, <laughs> like, right? I, it's like, yeah, like you pay me money, I know who you are. Like we have an interaction, we have a paper trail. You know, like I could say, like, well, give me the transaction from twenty to you know whatever. Yeah, you know, like we could just cruise bank statements and try to verify you or something. But yeah, when it's just you're a free, no, uh, free anonymous, that's hard to 
Really? Yeah, tricky. You know, you, at some point, do you just make a judgment call? Like, if your photo is full of ten years of photos, like of a fo- of a person who matches the driver's license photo, at some point, mm-hmm. do you like, yeah, all right, here, we'll let you back in. You know, <laughs> Let's or if it share. matches patterns of obvious spam, like at one day, all of a sudden, it started posting nutritional supplements. What do you think happened? You know, right, right, right. right. He just got got in, got big into getting yoked and swole, dude. They, they had to just right. get it's, there. It's got to so. be hard to know, but I'm sure each one of those cases then is, you know, hours of work for someone or something, and they just they're like, well, that doesn't make money, so why would we do that? Right. And they ask irony here: Facebook makes money if somebody hacks your account, and then you have to go create a new one because new user signups go up, goes up. <laughs> yeah, true. Insidious though. Cause if you, if, it, if, if that's a sad story and the more of those that happen, the more people are like, you know what, forget that web app, which is the very worst thing that could happen to them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's hard though. Cause it's, uh, it's also like as the, as the website owner or whatever, you have some responsibility, like, like, you know, but, but like, it's not your fault if somebody's password is password one, two, three, you know, like I can't, I can only help so much, you know, like speaking of big software making changes, let's go. Lots of stuff though, actually. Like I'm, um, well, let me just, um, instead of getting (laughs) scope, immediately, I'm going to do the one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do Figma. Figma launched, um, yes. P3 colors in Figma, oh, which is good because nice. it's, you know, it's, it's design software. It runs on the web. Websites support P3 color these days. Your monitor might not, but it probably does. Monitors, you know, it was like the way that it trickled through the ecosystem, I think, was kind of like video formats and photo formats kind of first. They had mm-hmm. them kind of the most incentive to capture the most color as they could, so they did. And then displays started catching up. Well, if we have that color information, why don't we... Um, show it on the screen. Uh, actually, it probably sells monitors because they look great when they have more and richer colors and all that. It makes for good marketing. And then the technology is catching up last. For example, CSS uh, and other web tech need to be able to specify a color that is in that P3 color space. So all that was starting to happen. Now it's software's turn, you know, like Photoshop already supports it. So I it's a little weird how it supports it, but it's, it's in there. Uh, interesting. And now Figma is too. And they have all sorts of challenges for supporting it though, because there's this kind of this concept of color profiles. I think, uh, you know, there's a good thread on it from a the fellow who was on our show talking about OKC, LCH, Audrey Sitnik, you know, was like, well, the, it's tricky because different people can open the file that have different needs and setups on their machine. Mm. And then color profiles was one of the ways it happened. I feel like it's this dialogue box that if you've been around the web and design software for a long time, you've seen a thousand times without even knowing it. When you open, when you used to open up a Photoshop document, there's a good chance it would tell you this this document has a different color profile than the RGB color space of the current working space, blah, blah. Would you like to, you know, convert it to your color profile, honor their color profile, throw away color profile information? And nobody knew what it meant. Mm -hmm. I'm still a little unclear. And you're just like, I don't know. One of those sounds fine. Yeah. (laughs) Whichever one you think, buddy. Yeah. Like you tell me. Which one do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the same with fonts, right? It's like, this one doesn't have fonts, so I replaced everything with Georgia. And you're like, 
Well, it, I do care about that one. That, yeah. <laughs> that's not okay, you know, but like uh, what's tricky is like having a font on your computer or not on your computer is that is kind of obvious, right? Like it's like, oh, that's not the right font. Uh, sometimes it's obvious, you know, Attican, Attican's grotesque and like, you know, yeah. I don't know, like Helvetica. I don't really know the difference, you know, but I'm sure there is one. But um, like, it the but the color profile is like so like you don't know like i could be plugged into an external monitor that does not have it but my laptop does have it right who's right you know who's god i don't know you know i think it's the monitor but um, very tricky but all that stuff has been handled by the technology and is is ready to go you know that a non-support situation where where the software nose supports that color but the monitor doesn't that's that's a good one generally because the the software can sense that situation it pulls the color back into a color space that that can be shown it's a nice fallback instead of just showing white or black or nothing or something they know how to like shift a color back down into the color space pretty cool really yeah i just wonder Um, if it's like rough seas here like because i choose the coolest pink the hottest pink laser pink right right? and then jeff opens it on his computer that's an old bad one (laughs) just kidding he's he's a uh rgb basic bitch and so he opens it and uh, like it's just, and then he's like, "Ooh, that pink just isn't cool." I'm gonna switch to lime green because that's popping on my computer, you know. And then right. I go to my computer, and then it's like exactly the collaborative dude. aspects of this are rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hard for me to, to to summarize this perfectly. But one of the interesting things is that even a hex code we think of in CSS now as in RGB only. And that's true for CSS. You cannot say, I want this hex code to exist in the whatever, LCH color space or in P3 color or whatever, one of the other color. (laughs) So it's not exactly in my brain right now, but I'm sure you can imagine what I mean. Rec 2020, P3, Rec 2020. um, Right. But there's color models and there's color spaces. P3 is the space and then you can model the color differently. And those tend to map to functions in CSS, right? Like lab is different than LCH and Mm. there's other ones. But what does Figma do? They don't really have the like, they don't put the like, okay, LCH function in Figma. They just do the they just do the hex codes, you know? Sometimes even the 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 eight digit ones, but that's just alpha. It doesn't matter that much. So they can display the P3 colors, but the those the hex code values go up into P3 space. Which is a little unfortunate because then if you copy and paste that out, you're it's not gonna work in CSS. Yeah. Right. That's that was my thing. Like because because the hex code is S or RGB, literally, right? And yeah, it doesn't have to be, but it is in CSS. You know? It is in CSS, and so it does kind of like flatten the colors to some degree. I mean, you can get up into the space, I guess, in some things like yellows, maybe, but but you can't, right? Like it, it more or less flattens the P three space. Damn, oh. it does. It's it's a little weird. And here's another thing: is even the same hex code can mean different things depending on what your system supports and what your mm-hmm. monitor supports. So Andrew is using like FF0000, which is red mm-hmm. in a hex code. That's just straight up different 
that exact text code in P3 is like way more richly read. Oh, so if I do like the, like whatever color from or whatever, it would, right. it would look super different. Interesting. Well, it, it, but it does solve the issue of like somebody else opening the, the f- same file in Figma. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to show you two different hex codes. It's the same hex code, you know, hopefully it stops them from changing it. They're like, that doesn't look as good. I'm going to move it around, which is, and then they're moving it around within the confines of RGB. Whereas you're like, ah, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a brain melter, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I've tried to communicate to my coworkers how cool it is, but I don't do a great job. So it's, well, uh, I think, yeah, we'll get there eventually, but, but it's, it's hard when the tools aren't there yet either. So it's, I'm glad it's now in Figma to some degree. So. Oh, oh, the saving grace is Andrew was a little incentivized to get you to use OKLCH.com, which I don't know. Yeah. They just think it's a cool tool and it is a cool tool. It's not like a paid thing or anything. But the cool thing is you can take that no matter what kind of computer you have, you can take that Figma hex code, paste it into OKLCH.com and select Figma P3. And then it will like convert it to CSS. So you're not like totally screwed here or whatever oh really okay um you just gotta know to do that you'd think figma would have a slightly better story than that unless i just have it wrong and then someone from figma please email me or whatever and understand but it does seem a little weird that you can like it's like nice that figma has p3 color in it but like as you know from the conference thing you were just at they're pretty big on figma 2 web design like they want to help that flow that it's like a little bit of a bummer that you might grab a hex code right out of it that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Yeah. Oh, man. Weird times, huh? Weird times. Weird times. So Tom writes, this is all came from a question, <laughs> believe it or not. He says, can you imagine a color space CSS property? It could be set on the root of the page or even in a meta tag. Yeah, he's excited to about the color features coming to CSS, but it can't help help feel that there's a tricky disconnect between the design software and the web. Um, Right. And he says, he says, you've mentioned copy and pasteability of hex, which is no small thing. I still feel strongly about that. I feel like design software don't make the more complex color formats easy to copy and paste, then people just won't do it. (laughs) I find myself even just being like, ah, just give me a hex code because of how easy they are to grab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, but but I think Tom has a good point. Like, wouldn't that be interesting if you could set the page to say this, I don't know, element or probably the whole page is probably the way to do it is in this other color space. Then you could use hex codes that are outside of sRGB. And the, that would certainly help Figma's case. I don't know. That's beyond my pay grade. But I like picked a P3 orange, right? And it's the Figma P3 hex code is FB6222. FF, right? Okay. Eight yeah. digit hex code, FB6222. But then the like fallback hex is FF6832. I just, I guess I don't understand how it's punching up into this color space, but that's, that's just my brain here. So, because if I type FB6222, I don't get the same color. <laughs> I'm so confused. And then, oh, well, hey, we'll figure it out one day. There's got, there's a, I don't get it. No, 
I don't get it, Chris. I don't get it. So anyway, hard world. Yeah, indeed. Maybe we should uh, do another one here. But uh, uh, interesting. I, I know what it's like trying to design software for designers and developers. A little tricky. A lot of yeah. stuff to catch up on there. We do have a fella, um, Chris Weiser, like Budweiser without the bud. Nice, mm -hmm, buddy. Mm -hmm. We had a question for you specifically, just about productivity tools. Curious, you know, you said you've you've had the run of the gamut of productivity tools, to-do apps, bullet journaling, sticky notes, Ugmonk's analog card system. You know, you do and think about this stuff a lot. So he's just wondering if you, you know, are you are you still on analog? Do you recommend it for other people? Talk talk productivity tools, Dave. Uh, I think you could probably pick a productivity tool if you understand your own brain a lot better, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what I've been understanding. Again, this is like undiagnosed ADHD, not from a doctor. It's from TikTok. So like, don't, you know, like take this, you know, don't self-diagnose yourself off of this. But what I've noticed is I uh, there's this thing called optimal stimulation, and if I have too much stimulation, I become overwhelmed and I shut down. So, uh, and, and then, and it's this weird thing about ADHD. It's not so much an attention deficit, but it's an attention starvation, you know. And so it's kind of like when you're full, when you've eaten too much. You're like, God, that sucks. You know, I'm in a bad state. But when you're hungry, you're just like, I need more. I need more, you know. So, um, Ooh, okay. So, anyway, that's sort so of So, how this. does this work? Where, like, can you do, for example, out just one thing at a time only? No, I'm doing 10 things right now. So, I got a code, <laughs> I got a code editor. I got a blog post. I got a podcast. I got a, yeah, like, um, yeah, a I get database you. I get you. tool. And, uh, yeah, I got 10 things going right now. So, that's good to know about you, too, that you have something to do today. And and you're going to get it done, but but not through exclusive focus on it. Because you could hear that as advice, right? You got to get something done. Focus, man. Focus. Focus you're up, like, dude. Focus. I actually need to focus on three things in order to get that one done. So sorry, but that's just how I have to roll. Well, and that's the thing, too, is is like the, the trick I'm learning with ADHD, my undiagnosed ADHD that I medicate, self-medicate with caffeine, is like there's there's like moments of unfocus like you're doing 10 things at once and then there's moments of hyper focus does that like that's where the superpower of adhd comes in like you can almost get like you know an eight hour stretch where you forget to eat and you're just working on stuff you know mm. or you know like hardcore and just hammering stuff out so like learning that mm. rhythm and stuff is important too so also to say before we get into productivity systems know your know thyself i guess right like right it does seem a little cart before the horse or whatever to just be like hey you know what you need you need a, a bullet journal yeah yeah because how would you know that you need that's weird so uh, understanding what you do is i think or how you operate is the the most thing so let me now i'll go through like the thing like bullet journal is very cool um it's it, it's i'll just describe it but it's basically like you uh, do planning. You basically draw like five columns for the week or seven if you want to do weekends in this thing. Um, and then you say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what do I have to do? You write down, little, draw little check boxes for what you have to do that day. Uh, and then and then you also have this on a on a month level, like what do I have to do this month? And then you kind mm -hmm. of like 
boil all this stuff down at the end of every month. It's very cool. And then I, maybe you even have a day thing where you like sit down and you like do, okay, today, what do I have to do? I, f- I kind of forget all the aspects of it, but yeah. it's very cool. I found out though, like if I don't do it, I fall off the horse very quickly. Like it, it's just, if I don't open that notebook that all that information's in, it's gone. I, I'd lost, you know? Yeah. You'd be starting over to, to get back on the train. Yeah. My previous productivity system was a, was sticky notes everywhere. Like I put sticky notes with like GitHub issues or that I need to do today or, okay. or you know, feed yourself or walk the dog, whatever. Um, this is cool. This is very noisy. And that's where that optimal stimulation thing comes in. Um, like it is visual clutter that when I'm stressed, I actually don't react well. I, I shut down because of visual clutter, like even stuff in my house, like, you know, whatever kids all over the house, it just drives me nuts because it's like, I'm stressed. This is clutter visually. It, it, my environment and myself are interacting. So that's again, mm. unique to me. Uh, but the, the Ugmunk analog system has been great. Here's a card right here. I'm showing it to Chris, but you know, it's like, I've got like, uh, I gotta do something for the TSA. I did that mm-hmm. I got invoice or pay this mm-hmm. guy, Philip. I got invoice, uh, somebody, I got a, uh, log into my Edward Jones <laughs> or whatever to right. get some data. That stuff is, um, like, and then I do my meetings that I have at the bottom. There's 10 rows on here and I fill out this card every day, sort of like the ritual. And I really like this ritual because it's, it's sort of like you take five minutes every day and you just say, what do I have to do today? What's the most important thing? What's coming? And that helps my brain too, to like know what's inbound in the day. You know, if I fill up a card with 10 things, that's a lot, right? Or I feel like if I do 10 things in a day, crap. Like a, that's a lot, you know, especially if it makes, isn't there? Cause there's things that won't never be a bullet, Yeah, but ended up being a thing. Like you got this letter in the mail. So your job is actually to open it, read it, figure out if it matters or not. It probably doesn't and throw it in the trash. Like, yeah, it kind of counts. You know, if somebody is, <laughs> I used to know a guy who just, you know, he had trouble getting a lot of stuff done in a day. And if he checked his mail and went through his mail, that was a good day for the guy. You know, he had a, you know. Yeah. And you can always tell. I mean, it's like, where are your piles? You know, like, like I have a pile of unfiled crap. Um, that's the stuff I don't like to do. You know, now it's become a big burden, a ba- backlog, you know. Um, so I probably need a little bullet, bullet point that's just like file 10 things or whatever, just to keep ahead, you know, or whatever, or open your mail, triage your mail, you know, hmm. the, the Ugmunk system has been great. I'm still using it for two years ish now. So it's been wow. awesome. Yeah. So, okay. You're a little it. pricey. There's like cheaper versions, but you can use code David Trump 5,000 at checkout. <laughs> no. Uh, wow, uh, this is a little. Pro- it's it's kind of like the simple human trash bags of of productivity or something. Like you don't to throw something in a garbage can. You don't need these premium trash bags. Just like you don't need a premium piece of paper to write what you're going to do that day. You don't. But it's also you know I don't know. I'd file it under self care. Just like you know, like it, it's like yeah yeah okay. Look, if I if I Dave Rupert again, my brain, if I say that's too expensive, I should make my own. Now I have another project I have to execute. Now that's going around in my brain, you know, like 
that's that's hard but you know i would i would consider it i mean you could probably just get some three by five note cards and do the same thing just draw 10 lines or make a little stamp that stamps out 10 lines or something you know you can have the same effect but i don't know i'm happy to pay uh monk for the uh cards it's it's easy for me so yeah yeah i agree and they're, they probably are actually nice and stuff right oh yeah it's like the perfect card stock it's and the, then it's not like one week it's on a piece of computer paper and one week it's on some like yellow graph paper or something you might lose a little momentum i have that over here <laughs> and and those sit at the corner of my desk you know like that's that one's not good so i i started doing taking notes like that but yeah. these cards are rad so I would recommend it. Uh, like, again, it's sort of that thing. It's like, if it's interesting to you, I would do it, you know, and bite the bullet, you know, and what is in, yeah. So yours is, it's like, it's like a limited number of really nameable tasks. Yeah. And that you have a very strong goal to accomplish all of them. I, I try to clear the board every day. I mean, I don't do it every day, you know, but I try to, yeah. clear. I, I, but it's, it's about being like whatever mindful slash tactical about your day. Like, what do I have to do today? Like, what do I absolutely have to do today? A, B and C. Great. Let's go. You know, like, let's get at it. Would like an, would even an email be on that list to be like, I really need to get back to Jimmy about the, conference in amsterdam next year or whatever that's yeah, on there yeah like if i've been putting that on off for too long like i need to do that you know if some days check email is on there because i have like whatever that's my other secret is i'm really bad at email. <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah if you have to have a difference so you'd never put a something that you need to get done you'd never like just email it to yourself or something because you just don't no. look at it often enough to know no that's not yeah. that's not useful for me you know i mean i'll maybe mark as unread or whatever you know just like if it needs to if it's like something i have to circle back to so this all gets into github issues too like there's not just one funnel of issues in my life you know like github issues is another thing um one thing I've been trying to, I, I firmly believe like backlogs have an emotional weight. I don't know if you agree, Chris, I'd be curious, but like, Oh my God, do they ever like they the, do? the older, the thing on the, on the to-do list, the more I'm just like, oh, and that's, I guess that's a auditory version of guilt or weight or something. For sure. No, it is. It's, and so, um, what I've been kind of asking of my coworkers is like, we keep the issue queue very tactical, like, you know, like try to avoid, you know, Hey, I had a cool idea or maybe one day we can do this, you know, like try to keep it very much. Like if you're going to pick up this ticket, you know, exactly what's going to happen, you know? Um, uh, right. I think that's important too. I, that, that's a, it reminds me of an old 37 signals thing where they're like, if it's a good idea, you won't forget about it. Yeah. So like, don't clutter up your crap with it. And, and if it's not that good of an idea, then the fact that it fluttered away from your mind is probably good. Yeah. For sure. It didn't become a card, get artificially too much weight. Somebody actually picked it up and did it, even though it wasn't that good of an idea to begin with. Yeah. So we're sitting at about 50 issues right now. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a lot for a small engineering team, I'd say. Um, and then, but then I, I made a technical debt tag or label in GitHub because I just was like, you know, I just labeled the issues as debt. If, if we've said like, okay, this is an issue and we've decided not to do it right now, that's debt, 
you know, that was kind of like the... Ah, I like that it's kind of a literal definition of debt. Yeah. Because sometimes I think of the things that you do as debt also. You know, it's like, we're going to incorporate this new screenshotting technology or something. That's debt because you now have to maintain it forever. But I guess it's not as clear of a definition of like, we're going to let this old screenshot system rot. <laughs> That's more like actual debt because yeah, it has yeah. to be paid later. Yeah, exactly. Like you've said, like this, this screenshot is system is super expensive and wildly out of date and doesn't do AVIF. Like you, you like identified those things. Right. Right. And like, you're like, cool. I'm not going to do it. You know, like, <laughs> like, like uh, that, that's not right now, but we need to do that because it is costing us actual money uh, in server bucks. You know, it's just, that's not, it's not a big deal, but it is just interesting. Right. Like you, and so like, We'll file the issue like upgrade screenshot service, but it is like, but basically I think the, the, you know, if we're not going to do it, if we made the decision not to do it now, we'll file it as debt. And so, hmm. you know, we can go into our debt label and see 20 issues, but you know, they're not all important and some are really minor, but like, yeah, that's tricky. you know, it's just stuff we're not going to do now or see this is two different concepts. So that you're talking about a shared system between you and all your your peeps, which is interesting too, because that's not, you can't point to one person's brain and say this, you know, it just has to work for everybody's brain. Whereas your personal system, you can fine tune to your own brain. Yeah, that's, that's good point. Like, like your personal system can be as chaotic or, or whatever as you want. I, but I think like in the public system, there needs to be just as much rigor as you can get, you know, I don't know. We have a few like explore this idea issues, like spiky kind of issues, you know, um, those are not my favorite candidly, uh, just because they kind of go on, you know, but I think like if we could, the goal is pull all those up and say like, cool, what are we going to do about this or what, what needs to be done? So that's been my like latest kick is like here's these five things we've talked about what do each of these need like do like verse needs versus wants kind of you know like what does it need and so yeah yeah to to be done so to be done yeah i, I even we've even enforced a principle of the card can't just say like screenshot system or something like that's too broad it probably needs to get broken up a little bit and it, it's not actionable so every card name has to have like a um has to be a thing that you do <laughs> just yeah. give you the name of something You're right what would you call that like an action and it's just to say research possible you know research replacements for screenshot system that's that's almost good enough i'd say that's a little tricky because the research doesn't have a outcome always right yeah so much so yeah. it might be like document it might be better because then it's the action item is that the at the end of it it's been documented yeah that see that's my thing I, i'm i could go full uh <laughs> i could go full weirdo like a uh, authoritarian on the board to be honest i, I hate that <laughs> about myself but but like you know it's it's just like i'm very big on the verb uh, verb x to y like like add something to component or something like that or yeah action to action object to uh whatever action noun 
two object or something like that. So. Right. And unfortunately, some of the best working days I find is when there's a bunch of those and you can, they are well, well documented and well understood and agreed upon by the team and you can just knock them out. Yeah. That's just not all work though. There's all kinds of other work that's like where the actual thing that you need to get done, whether it's a card or not, is like, get everyone on same page and agreeing about the general way that this abstract concept works, <laughs> which will never be a card, yeah. but is what needs to be done. And then, and then once you're at that like cool agreement, understandment state, which will never be perfect, but it'll be closer than it was, then you can make more fine-grained cards around it. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. No, it's hard. And that's, but I think that's work, right? Like, I think I've heard the term, I probably said it here, but like, like when you're building a company or working in a company, you're, you're, you're building a product, but I like the idea of you're building the machine that builds the machine, right? Or that builds the product. Like, and how you work together, how you operate, that is like just how you get things done, you know? Um, like, yeah. So that's this memory issue we are having, like, we, you know, we are kind of just trying code, like optimizations, you know, but we're at the bottom of the, like how to fix JavaScript list. You know, it's, it's literally the advice is use rust or go, you know, like yeah. that's like where we're at on the memory issue right now. But like, you know, I think the hope here is like, let's just have a data driven approach and see if we can make the numbers snap into a form we like, you know, and, and, let's have a talk around objective stuff and not less about subjective stuff. Right. So, um, and that's actually kind of built into the ethos of Lura where we're working on a new feature to where like you, we can track your components across your whole website. So that's a spoiler, but anyway, but, um, <laughs> uh, but we're working on that, but it's going to um, basically like, so like when you're having conversations with your coworkers, you can basically have like really objective conversations, like, Hey, this component is used once or, Hey, this component, you know, like is used 5,000 times or the team that owns this set of these sets of pages or views, uh, they haven't used the design system at all. What up with that? So anyway, that's kind of the, uh, hope there. So we're close. I could give you a tour secret tour, Chris. So. Yeah. I gotta put that on the calendar one of these days. Cause I gotta do the same. All right. We'll do it. Um, yeah, productivity. Interesting. It's interesting that you go analog at all. I would think that's slightly unusual for tech people just because there's so many um, tech, you know, computer-based solutions. Yeah, like you use things, don't you? Or Yeah, uh, pretty big on things still. It's not the absolutely only thing because things is personal only. I don't know that they ever even tried to become a team tool. But, of course, Notion for the for the team stuff. Not of course. I don't know if it works for her, but it's just been I've been used it so long that it just seems like the the old hound these days or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the, you know, a little bit of bear for uh for more free form. Like I just need to write some stuff down. Uh, that's about it. But I but I'm pretty I do email is such a big part of my life and days that those end up being a little bit of a proxy to do list also. Mm-hmm. So it's a little spread out, but not in a, not in a, ugh, this is such a mess kind of way. 
I think yeah. it's, it's fine for me because I like you cannot just do one thing. I just can't. So having lots of things is, is useful, but not too many. I had a bad couple of productivity days because there was a little too much going on and I kind of br- went over the waterfall or something. Yeah, yeah. And that there'd be like five things I was working on and I was like, I can't, I can't seem to really push one of these forward. Yeah. Personal question has like, CSS tricks, like offloading that, has that made it better? Like you're not managing a giant publication anymore. Uh, like, you, you know, I wish I could answer that. Doesn't it seem like it would? I, would I think, think I've even have written that it amazing, has, but yeah. I'm like, I, at the same time, I don't, I, I just can't, I don't know for real. I can't answer yeah. you a hundred percent honestly. How can it not though? My God, I had a tons to do. I had a whole separate inbox. A team oh. inbox, you know, yeah. usually I funnel everything pretty much to one just because that's how I roll. But in this case, it was shared because mm-hmm. we'd give multiple people access and stuff. And it was all oh, was full of stuff. Incoming articles. They had to be read. They had to be t- discussed and talked about and edited and published. And I had to talk with Jeff. And with new, there was a newsletter that had to go out every week. You know, Robin did it a lot, but, but, but you know, some, sometimes he was out or sick or, you know. It just was like, how how was I doing all that and this? Mm -hmm. Especially because I I get it. I did. So it's not like it was unfathomable. But now I'm so busy. (laughs) Like I did. But but at the same time, don't feel like I'm twice as productive on my other things. It's not like I'm like, oh, CSS Tricks is gone. Dave, check out this new design I did for Shop Talk Show. You know, like I don't (laughs) I feel just as busy and that i did before very kind of like the vacuum that what is it there's a tech rule eponymous law or whatever but it's that that space gets filled right like right like cunningham's law is that what uh where space fills i think it gets brought up in in like how fast browsers get you know that that if if browsers get faster well guess what's going to happen we're just going to start shipping more javascript you know like we're gonna we're gonna slow that baby right down again they use it in football too right you make you make a a helmet that's safer well then football players are just going to hit harder yeah yeah there was a Andy and Bill's law. What Andy giveth, Bill taketh. Um, but I think it was like um, Andy Grove of Intel and maybe Bill Gates of Microsoft. Like, so Andy would make a better processor, and Bill Gates would just eat it. You know, basically. So, uh, so anyway, that's uh, Cunningham's law is the best way to get the right answer on the internet is to ask is not to ask a question but to post the wrong answer which i am one thousand percent we have a couple of more questions it'd be interesting to get into i have all kinds of notes can't wait i can't wait for (laughs) the christopher and david show to get all my thoughts out before there's just a interesting technological one we could we could pivot to that I, i haven't thought of in a while which is like think back to the days of m dots yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean by that, listeners, is a literal different URL that you you would land on, kind of pre-responsive design, but but in that early ages of phones and stuff, where websites, companies that made websites wanted to deliver you a mobile-friendly experience, and because the, you could do that from scratch with its own code base. Mm-hmm. easier than you could do responsive design, you know, and responsive design is what came along and said, no, 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 you don't need two teams, two code bases. You can do this all in one code base. That was kind of the transformative nature of it. But like the web's a big place, 
right? Like sometimes I'd imagine this is still true today to some degree. I mean, that's kind of why, for example, Wells Fargo has a mobile app and a website. Well, with their mobile app, they can design a very mobile specific experience. It's not to say that their website could and should work on a small screen, but whatever, they pick that path, you know? Yeah. I think anyway, I don't even use Wells Fargo, it's just an example. But the the question coming in from Ben B, is is, it, is there a best way to make a totally different layout for like what happens on your desktop computer and your smartphone? He's like, I work in React and recently Next.js, uh, but answers for whatever are fine. Obviously you have media queries, but if, what if you need totally different components for different screen sizes. My solution is to do like window.innerwith inside of a use effect and then have some logic in the case of screen resize and then pass that through React context. I'm like, I was always like, <sighs> yeah, I got the sweats. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just hearing that. Um, not that I'd blame you because that's maybe that it's not like there's an amazing piece of technology that says load this component under these circumstances in a reacty situation, you know. Yeah. I don't know. You're already client side by that point. That's the part that bugs me is that you have to like be client side, use mm -hmm. JavaScript, figure out the situation and then do more client side work that way. It's like that bugs me. Like mm -hmm. I wish that the, yeah. we would know server side and make all these choices server side so that the first bytes that are uh, coming to the client are already like I know what situation we're in. I'm going to deliver an experience perfect for that. What were you thinking? Well, I'm so uh, first of all, don't use window inner with because that's going to, that like when, whenever you measure something, get bounding client rect window inner with you cause a style recalc. Don't do it. Like, uh, it's like bad well, for they, your, just the observation of it causes yeah, re-rendering. Just even stuff. asking for it is bad news. Um, okay. so, uh, but you, your goal is to like re-render, but, but just like, just know that like that's like don't please don't do that uh then like what i would recommend to do is you can do like this is tricky in in stuff like view and maybe react where like view really doesn't want you touching the window object from your components does that make sense like the component has to be mounted first of all for before uh. you even get the window object i assume react has the same issue but wow, where would you even write code that could access it that's not a component yeah um, and so i guess that's probably in use effect because you know it's already running on the client but um or it'll run whatever however they do that but uh so in there like do window match media and then your media query min with 30 picks or whatever 300 picks max with 500 picks and then dot matches i think is what you have to do like so does it go. have any matches right so that's like probably the safer way to do that and i think that's that's totally it like i mean do you want to you can either do your differentiated serving from your uh client you know and and just like say like if this with do this component if this with do this component and i think that's actually a pretty awesome way to do it because to be honest the the alternatives are sort of bad, you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It does. Like, it just means that your bundle then has both of them in it and stuff, stuff you know, has both. it's not great. Like I, I agree. I, I think it's not, you know, perfect, but, uh, but maybe it works. Right. So, 
Um, yeah, maybe, but isn't that, I mean, isn't that what client hints kind of were sort of kind of like, isn't that nice that with now that client hit hints exist that, you know, viewport with like clients or server side, if you, yeah, before you serve it. So now your template, your PHP or, or your react server could maybe respond to that if it has client hints. And I, I don't know the support of that. Are you looking that up? Like it's just so old. I thought for sure it would be your cool now but maybe not like a ch header but um can i use client hints <laughs> can i use yeah there you go that's what a great name uh doesn't work in safari and firefox so good luck you're gonna oh, have a hard what? time in that one yikes oh, okay we'll forget bro. everything i said about client hints because it <laughs> yikes okay that's hard news to swallow actually um anyway okay cool that doesn't work you can't do that now you have to install Werfel, which is the, like uh, hits an API to basically like sniff the user agent to figure out if it's is mobile or not is mobile or yeah. is desktop. Talk about debt. You know, I mean, that. that's debt. I mean, you could do like some middleware and then route it to two different sites too. That's something you can do. Right. I would think if you're doing this in Reactor View or whatever, that you'd make all like a really high level component like just the app.js or whatever, that it it figures out this client stuff and is light on its own and then figures out which kind of path to send you down. Yeah. Like, but that's, you know, that is a, that's a choice because if, if all it is is the, the weather widget and you want a lightweight weather widget or something on mobile then you then you don't need this you know if it's just at the if it's at one single component level load this one or load that one do exactly what dave is saying do the match media test in the in the use effect or something then get some piece of information and wait to load the component until you know that piece of information maybe even lazy load in if you can that'd be maybe cool lazy load i mean that's that that would be kind of i was looking at this werfel thing w u r f l web.werfel.io and um I mean, it's kind of like a the butt of a joke from a long time ago, unfortunately. You know, just because just it was like people are doing all this hoops and then a new device comes out and then like it doesn't match anything and you get the phone on the new whatever Vision Pro, you know. <laughs> so like you get the phone website on the Apple Vision Pro. That's not what you want. Um, so that that's like one limitation of these things. But um you know, you could do Werfel is mobile. I think it's pretty hefty too. It's going to blow your, your kilobyte budget. Um, but you could do dynamic imports. Like if is mobile import, whatever tab bar instead of main navigation or something like, yeah, here's another one. Hot take, just send both <laughs> and show hide. Use like bootstrap style is desktop. It's not the best, man. But if you're doing it that way, then you could use a container query too in CSS and just display none the other one or whatever. Because I, yeah. I was thinking like, don't. It, it's one thing to know about the window, but if you want to measure the size of the component itself, you do need to render some kind of div or something first. Measure that. Mm then load the insides of it, which doesn't feel particularly like framework friendly way of operating. And there's overhead, you know, but like, you know, but I, I mean, if they are two different things, like, like apples and oranges make two websites and then, then you need some middleware in the middle to like figure out which 
you know, do you route to the www or do you route to the m dot? So, um, I mean, that's a play you can make too. I think you will get burdened by maintaining two like websites, but you know, maybe your componentry is good enough that the pieces that need to map to both do. And so maybe it's yeah. easy. So it'd be funny to get done with it and be like, cool, did it. And then be like, somehow the mobile bundles bigger or, or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, hopefully no, you have happens, a reason yeah. why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them is size and speed. Yeah. Yeah. No, that can totally happen. So often happens, I'd say. You know, and also this is the horse sized duck problem. Like, do you want, do you want to fight one horse sized duck or, or do you want to fight, uh, 100 duck sized horses? You know, like <laughs> which one do you want to fight? You choose. If you like, if you like, uh, the, the fighting many things, then make the M dot. If you like fighting one giant thing, make the, make the horse, you know, make the horse sized <laughs> duck. So it's that problem over and over. That's all tech is. So. Coming soon to a book apart. Horse-sized duck. <laughs> Fighting horse-sized duck. A book apart by Dave Rupert. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> God, dude, why did why won't they accept my book proposals? You know, it's just sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, we're at the hour crud. Well, we got to two questions. I feel like that's pretty good for the new. Sh- <laughs> Almost three, really. Almost three. Yeah, that's good. Hey, we, oh yeah, we kind of covered the P3 and then the Budweiser yeah. and then, yeah, hey, good for us. Um, all right. Well, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your packet of shirts. Be sure to our favorite others. will be fun out on the other show. Follow us on a X <laughs> fart noise. <laughs> Trace of the Discord. That's where things are happening. Patreon.com slash shop talk show. Chris, you got anything else you like to say? Yeah, come for the come for the show, stay for the Discord kind of thing, you know. Probably more happening there and then here. Yeah. See you later. Shoptalkshow.com? Question mark. Dot URL.